What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us. Welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy. Mostly because lack of fault of guy didn't sound so cool to me. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's the Italian Stallion. He's got the license plate covered to prove it. Mr. Joey Ray. Stallion, good afternoon. Good afternoon, my friend. Joey, do this before you die is the topic. Why would we break down such a interesting, maybe even morbid conversation on the podcast? I'm going to take this uh, back to Luke 12, 48. Everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And I know the context of that conversation that uh, Jesus was having had to do with the coming of the kingdom of God and that we should be about God's business. But I also believe it applies here that we're, we're teaching you week in, week out, the path, one, the path to financial freedom that also comes with it, the path to generational wealth. And we're talking massive amounts of um, death benefits and other things that are passing from generation to generation along with this knowledge. And if we don't do our part to then pass along the knowledge to our spouses, what a great loss that would be. Like what a, what a terrible, um, situation we could be in. So I think this is super, super important to be talking about. It's never urgent, but it's always important. What is urgent? Life is urgent, bro. Right? Exactly. You've probably heard this saying, close your eyes, envision what you want to accomplish, then open your eyes and start building and taking steps to get to what you want. I think some of the things when I think about what would I, what, what do I want to accomplish? What are the things that would be the most ideal that I would want to run hard after would have fallen into the conversations you just said is, is leaving a legacy to my spouse, to my kids, to the generations thereafter. And well, I, I pray that the day that I die, my wife is shortly there after me, <laughs> right? Uh, that she doesn't have to suffer uh, without understanding um, how to turn on, you know, the the TV upstairs or, you know, wondering uh, who has the phone number for the guy who cuts our grass, like any of those things. Like, I, I don't want her to have to try to deal with all that stuff. But I do think that if I go well before her, man, I better prepare her well, Right. And today's conversation is going to be around the things that we need to do before we die as it relates to those that we will potentially be leaving behind. And we're going to break this down into three areas. We're going to talk about what do you know or what do I know that no one else knows, right? There's so much knowledge that um, that we we possess. We're 
we're unconsciously competent, meaning that we have all this information, but yet maybe nobody else understands that we have it and we haven't written it down, haven't been able to pass it along to somebody. The second thing we're going to cover, what are those things that you can do, right? Like now that I, I know this is a problem, what are some of the solutions I can take? And then lastly, we're going to talk about maybe some of those tools that you can use to help you make it simpler. Sound like a plan, Sally? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Well, thankfully, you and I are not the only ones breaking down this conversation, are we? We're sitting around the uh, round table with the dream team of financial coaches. To my left, I got the piano man. We're all in the mood for passive income, and you have a scene of light, Mr. Matthew Hammond. Welcome back, Matthew. Hey, it's good to be back, Russ. Glad to be here. Do this before you die. What's important about this topic for you? Well, I mean, uh, Joey, Joey already kind of touched on it, you know, about building a legacy. And, uh, you know, you never, you never see a hearse pull in a U-Haul. So whatever you build up during your life, you know, you're going to have to leave it to somebody. Um, and, um, ideally you'd like to leave it to your heirs to, to live on and, and keep that legacy alive. Unfortunately, if you don't prepare those heirs, whether it be your spouse or your kids, if you don't prepare them on how to actually manage that legacy, manage those businesses and those properties, um, so that they can continue the legacy on through their lives, you're, you're you're immediately setting yourself up for failure and you're setting that legacy up for failure. Well said. All right, let's get around the table to, you're right, man. He's strong, he's smart. He's our inner circle director. When he's not lifting weights, he's lifting lids. Make sure to listen to what he says because Simon does. Mr. David Karcher, welcome back, David. Good to be back, fellas. Thanks for uh, inviting me back. Pretty excited about today's topic. Do this before you die. Why do we cover this today in your opinion? Because um, I would say that a lot of people have the same type of mindset that my own wife has. And that that mindset is, here's our plan. Here's her plan. She plans to die before me so that she doesn't have to deal with it. <laughs> Very happy. That is a terrible plan. Yeah. I mean, you know, that would be ideal, right? But because, but, but let's, it's not practical. So, because that's not a practical plan, it is no plan. We're going to have to do something different. And so uh, I'm here to just say, hey, I need this as much as everybody today. So here, here let's go. That's right. What's it was saying? If, if you're leaving, uh, uh, you, you're taking me with you kind of thing? Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to die that's so much that's quicker that's than you are. That's right. All right. Last but not least, we got... Uh, the retiree of the group, Mr. Catch Me With We Can, when he's not killing bears with his bare hands or spear diving for tuna, he's dropping gold nuggets right here. The one and only, Mark Caraguchi. Welcome, Mark. Good afternoon. Uh, looks like the sun is just as just as bright there as it is here. We're getting a, a break in the clouds before we go into six months of gray. So I'm pretty excited. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hope this isn't the way you're leading in to do this before you die. I, I, I know the Northwest can, can, can be a little you know, down in the dumps as we get into the winter time. It can be this, this topic though, this really rings true for me this year, you know, with, uh, when my dad passed away, he had quote done everything right. You know, he had a trust, he had a big red book. Um, he had all these, these files and, and, you know, everything was, was documented and organized. However, it was still challenging to find everything because it was his system. Mm. And so the reason I believe this is important is, it needs to, it can't just be your system, right? The, the documentation or the accounting or, or to like Matthew's point and, and Joey, the, the legacy of the business, it can't just be your system. It's gotta be the group's system. 
And so for me, this is really important of like Nelson did, you know, training his wife. And when he knew he was in his final days, training her to be a widow, educating her on where everything was supposed to go. That to me is really what this is about is people need to not just know where to go look for the info. They need to know how the info needs to be read and how that, that, that map key needs to be applied. Well said. Well, you, you have all the talking points. Now, guys, we you need to sit down at the table and belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, big task today. I know we're up for it. Let's talk about the first big idea that we're gonna have from today's podcast. What do you know that no one else need no one else knows. Like, let's think of what that list is because it's it's deep, it's wide, it's probably way farther than we we can cover. But let's start uncovering some of those those nuggets. Mark, I'm going to let you go first. You you mentioned your father passing recently. Yeah, some of this is a lot more fresher for you. Talk a little bit about what were some of the things that you do uh, that maybe your spouse doesn't know, but also things that maybe your dad knew that he didn't pass along to your mom and to you guys. A lot. There was, there was a lot. And what I, what I realized is that, you know, how and what all the bills are, you know, what are all the bills that are being paid? Because in today's world with auto pay, so much can happen behind the scenes that the other person may not even know about. Um, even the same thing with investments. And so one of the things, you know, that I know that my wife doesn't know is, Hey, what are all the bills for the house? What are all the bills for the cars? What are all the bills for this, that, and the other. And then where are all the investments hiding out? You know, what are the things that we have? There's long-term rentals, there's ATM machines, and there's a couple other things that are happening in there. And knowing where those things are and how to access them, I think that's going to be key because like, like I mentioned at the beginning, that starts to bring the other person into the fold. And so it's not just a solo operation. You're not an army of one but you're actually bringing the other person along. And so they can start to see where these things are happening. So that if you were to pass away prematurely, be taken before you have a chance to get all this through, they at least know where some of those things are hiding out. Love it. How about you, Stallion? I'm going to go Ghostbusters on you. Uh, I know who to call. Who are you going to call? Right? You got to know who in, in at that time, uh, and I'll just tell you, about a year ago, my wife was telling me, she's like, Joey, I just don't know what would what to do if something happens to you. And particularly if something happened to you and Russ at the same time. Like that would that would be terrible. And and so for me it was a, a real challenge to just write everything down on a just a simple word document. But to say, uh, with this business, what should you do with it? Should I sell it? Should I keep it? And just like knock that stuff down on the paper, but also who are the advisors that you should call when you have a question about this business? Who are the advisors should you ask about this particular asset? And uh, being able to put that down on paper for her was super freeing. 
that hopefully she never has to know those things, but to now have people to call and know exactly for what purpose, that was, that was a big deal. This, I want to I dig into this a little bit, right? Because I know it seems a little obvious, but what is the real value in knowing who to call? Like, what's the problem if she doesn't know who to call, in your opinion? What could go wrong? <laughs> well, it could easily end up in the hands of the wrong person, right? The, that asset, she could get the wrong advice. She could get advice that's contrary to how we built what we've built together. Um, it could be that she ends up with unnecessary tax burdens. It could be, I mean, there's, there's tons of things that could uh, have affected her not to mention, I mean, just, just, just take, for instance, she were to see that there's significant amount of like debts out there, right? There are things that we have created debts for. And if she were just to pay all of them off and she's like, oh, I, I feel good about that. Well, that might've been good, but what would have been best? And it could have been that she could have taken that to reinvest that money and more than cover, um, more than cover the expenses and actually create more stability for herself. Uh, well, I, so I, I agree with what you're saying there because I think too oftentimes our, our spouses don't understand maybe the risk that we're taking or the, the weight that we hold because of our understanding of certain things. And we've, we've developed a comfort for that. And if, if we're not here, then that they would, like you said, I mean, if, if you had $4 million in, in, you know, liabilities and a $10 million death benefit came in, what do they do with it? They, they may just literally go pay everything off because they think, oh, well, that's the simplest process. So not knowing who to call could be a concern, them not knowing who are the people that are the most trusted. And has that changed? I, I love the way that you talked about building that list of who are those key people. But here's a, here's a challenge I have for you. Does she have a relationship with each one of those people? If she doesn't, is she going to call them? Answer is probably unlikely, right? And if she calls them, like, will they have that connection? Will she be able to trust what they're saying just because you said so? Probably not. I think like we've got to figure out as we come up with what do we know that no one else knows, but also we got to think about what are those failures that can go wrong? What are the ways that even if like Mark in your situation, your dad wrote out his plan, but because it was his system, he didn't share that system. Like my, my mom could type like a hundred words a, a minute at one point. She also knew shorthand. I don't even know if that's still a thing. I didn't understand what shorthand was until she tried to explain it. And I still probably could explain it to you, but it's a way of taking notes that you can like do it in basically abbreviation style. And she could tell you exactly what everything meant because she had learned that style. But for the average person reading it, they wouldn't understand it, it, it would be hieroglyphics to them. So I think we've got to figure out what are the things that can go wrong? What are those failure points? David, in your opinion, what's something that you know that no one else knows? Well, I'm a sucker for a good treasure hunt. I mean, who, who didn't love the Goonies on their kids, right? Hey, you guys. <laughs> you know, but uh, the reality is I really don't want my wife having to go on a treasure hunt, right? Uh, I, I sit down and just think about, you know, my situation. My situation is probably not very different than everybody else listening to this, this radio, but you know, we've got bank accounts at multiple banks, right? We've got different businesses. Um, there's policies, right? We've created these infinite banking policies. Um, we've got syndications, we've got passive income streams. 
there are all of these things that I have right here. Um, and, and, and my wife knows they're out there and they exist, but man, at the end of the day, I definitely don't want her having to go on a treasure hunt and, 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 and in the process feel like she doesn't have anything once there's potentially an abundance out there, but she just doesn't know where to go to find it. So that's, that's a problem that, that, uh, that, that has to be solved. And, um, that's why we're talking about it. No, I, I agree. Matthew, what's, what's one thing that you know that no one else knows? You know, it's funny. The timing of this episode is, is so perfect because literally yesterday, uh, Angie texted me just out of the blue and said, Hey, I got logged out of Airbnb. What's our password again? <laughs> and if I, if, you know, God forbid, if I were to leave this mortal coil and, uh, you know, and God does not allow text messages up in heaven, you know, she has no way to find the password to Airbnb. And so it got me thinking, you know, I mean, it, it's not just passwords. I mean, good grief, it's, it's, it's logins, obviously, but, but she may not know, even know all the programs that I use for managing our, our short-term rental. You know, there's so many programs that we use for integration, for communication, for automation, and she has no clue. It's not that she couldn't learn it. She just has no clue because I've been doing all the legwork for managing our short-term rental. And so, you know, and, and also, you know, kind of going back to Joey's point on who to call, you know, God forbid a, uh, uh, a pipe burst in the cabin, you know, and I mean, who's she going to call? You know, I, I know a plumber that I work with in the area that, uh, that does a great job, but she doesn't know. Yeah. So I, it just, it just goes back to all this stuff. It just, it was just a light bulb went off of my head and said, oh my goodness, if I, if I left tomorrow, she would have no clue what to do. As you're listening to Matthew say that, how many of us small business owners have that issue in our business on a daily basis. Like if I couldn't come to work tomorrow, how quickly would my business fail? Because I possess knowledge that no one else has that I just unconsciously do the things. So what you're saying, Matthew, is that even in our personal lives, that becomes an issue, right? Because you're running a small business, right? Running uh, a short-term rental business and your wife is not calling you to say, Hey, what's the password to Airbnb so I can book our next vacation. She's saying so that I can see who's checking into our unit and have they pay right. Or, or what, what's available and when can we go stay in it uh, for our own personal uh, time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, you know, God bless her. She, she wants to help me, but because I haven't shared all this information with her, her hands are tied as far as how much she can actually help me, even though she really desires to help me run this business. All right. So th let's stay with you then. What are some of the things that you can do knowing that that's a problem? What can you do to help her? Well, just kind of the things that I've already mentioned, you know, I mean, obviously have a list of, you know, the programs that we use for managing our short-term rental and all the logins for those programs. Cause of course, you know, you know how cybersecurity is these days. You have to change the password every two weeks, and uh, it has to be at least fourteen to fifteen characters, no, non-repeating. Yeah. And so it's impossible for me to remember, let alone her. Uh, you know, so I, you know, I would have to update, you know, a document that has all of the, that information, but also, you know, have to take it a step further. I mean, I'd really have to write out some SOPs, you know, some, you know, standard operating procedures, um, because there's so many different scenarios that she may run into running the short-term rental where she may not know how to handle it. You know, if a guest is complaining about this or that, 
She needs to know how to respond to that guest. Knows how needs to know how to handle whatever problem that arises, you know, during that guest stay. So I mean, I need to write out a script, you know, write out these procedures, um, and really just you know help her, you know, teach her how to communicate. You know, it, it, it's kind of funny. I I'm reading a book that uh, the one and only Sharon Sarvatsa um, recommended. It has nothing to do with business. It was actually the biography of Ben Franklin, and um, <clears throat> And uh, it got, I saw a quote from Ben Franklin. It really just, it really just hit me uh, in this scenario. He said, you know, tell me and I forget, teach me and I may remember, involve me and I learn. Mm-hmm. So frankly, I think, you know, in addition to all of the documents and the procedures that I may write out for when I'm gone, I really need to involve her more in the business while I'm still here. Because I feel like that is really where she's going to grasp the information. She's going to really be able to absorb the information so that she can really truly be successful when and if I'm gone. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. Uh, that's a good point. I, I've heard this statistic and I'm requoting it from memory, so I'm sure it's in, inaccurate. But we remember 10% of what we hear, 50% of what we see and hear, but like 85% of what we see hear and can repeat or take part in right and so that that's kind of what you're saying i think that there's the there's the catch for you is that when do you teach her do you teach her in a biography written down in a notebook that she reads after you're gone or do you teach her while she's here right like do you show her now so that these conversations are normal not that she needs to do them now but she knows how to do them now right exactly exactly how about for you david What's what's one of those things? You got that treasure map. What's yeah. One of the ways that this treasure map isn't just floating around in a bottle somewhere with a cork in it. Wait for Joey's kids to pick it up and bash it up a rock. Yeah. I, I just I just think about all the things that are here that needs to be put down on paper, but but more importantly, you know, show show her where the where the treasure lies, right? Not just write it out on a piece of paper, not put it in a folder, right? Not share some save some passwords, but 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 hey, let's go down and let me introduce you to the personal biker that I have all of these accounts at at all these different banks, right? Let me show you where we have these accounts. Let me introduce you to a biker. Let me let me let me show you where we keep these policies. Let me tell you who my agent is. Let me show you where these investments are, these businesses. Let's go look at some of the properties or let's go look at some of the syndications, right? Let's take a trip, right? Let's do this thing together. And, and, and to, to Matthew's point, the more that I can involve her, the more I can include her. Now now she knows where the treasure lies as well. 
and um and and and, and it's not just conceptual but she's actually physically seen touched you know all of that now let, let me ask you is there a, a good opportunity that when you do that with your spouse she asks you questions that maybe you didn't think through like why did you bury the treasure here why are you trusting this person? After a conversation with that person, I, I wouldn't give them care of a cat, a cat, much less our money, right? Like, I mean, do you think like that's possible? Your your wife Lee, very astute, like someone is gonna be thinking through things critically. He's like, David, now why did you do that? Hey knucklehead, what do you do? Right? I mean, yeah, absolutely, right? And and and, and the reality is is we as men off too often don't include you know, our spouses in these types of conversations or, or decisions when, when, when we really should, they, they've got an intuition that, that we can't touch. And so you're right. It's, um, it, the more we can involve them, uh, in this process, um, the more buy-in we're going to get, um, the, the more they're going to have comfort and they're going to have peace. Let me tell you, when my wife's, when my wife's at peace, everything's well, right? When, when, when she doesn't feel comfortable about something, it's, it's not a good situation. And, and as you're listening to this and you're like, wait a second, I'm the one that does all this for our family. My husband's the knucklehead. He doesn't understand all of these things. The same thing's true, right? Like just because it's, there's, you know, six dudes, five dudes in here talking about this, this goes both ways. So the, the point here is to say, what is it that you know? If you're the one to hold in, information that your spouse doesn't know or your family doesn't know, then how do you get them involved? And I, I love that, you know, like you said, there is a possibility that our spouses will see something, ask a question that may help us um, get out of something, right? I wish I would have showed my wife or a couple of the deals I got involved in, Mark, um, uh, earlier. Maybe she would have asked more critical questions than I did. And maybe I'd have more money because I would have gotten that money out before all went bad. What's what's something on your end um, that you can think about things that you can do that could help? Where my mind goes on this is the United States military figured out that there were subsets in the military, right? So we had active duty military and then we had the traditional guardsmen and, and the reservists. And the United States military figured out pretty quick, hey, wait a minute, even though we have the same playbook, we're actually executing that book different because we're training in vacuums and we're, we're doing things apart from each other. So they started doing joint exercises, active duty and guard reservists. And that's where I think that's one of the things you can do. Spreadsheets. If I send you guys my spreadsheet that I use for my uh, annual finance uh, cataloging, it's going to look like a spaghetti sandwich because there's so many things moving around and you're gonna say, wow, that looks kind of cool, but I have no idea how this works. I don't understand any of it and it doesn't make any sense, but it makes perfect sense to me. But if I can go through it with you, like you said, and help you see it, help you use it, help you input, then now you're gonna start to see the functionality of it. And now you're gonna be on board. And so that's where I think that's one of the things you can do. Like we've been talking about, we, we kind of hit on it earlier, which is, hey, don't play the game of I have a secret. Don't do this in a vacuum. You need to start bringing other people in that you believe and that you want to be the people who are caretaking once you're gone and managing, because otherwise you're just going to leave them a rando spreadsheet that you built and they're going to have no idea how to use it. Stay in. What about you, man? You talked about who you got to call. 
how yeah. you can ensure that they know who to call. Yeah, I think uh, for me, one of the actually the challenges that you even made to me was like, man, who who are the people to call, and are they always the same people? Like, have they been the same people for the last ten years? Will they be the same people ten years from now? And I think the question or the answer to that is no, right? It needs to be updated, just like uh, most everything. You don't leave your will for twenty years. You don't leave any of those kind of key things in your life alone and untouched for long periods of time. So for me, it's like, man, I need to make this a part of an annual review. Like I always do a roles and goals analysis each year about who I am as a follower of Jesus, who I am as a, fa- a husband and father, as a, a brother and son, all these roles that God's given me. And one of those needs to be to review this this document and make sure that it's up to date and that those are the proper people in the proper seats in the event that that were to happen. So definitely something I need, I need to implement. It, here's one of the things I want to ask. This is rhetorically is are there things that you're doing that you're like, Hey, I've decided for our family, I'm going to do this. And my spouse is going to do fill in the blank other things. It's like, okay, we're divided in concrete here. We're just going to do this. And I can answer that for me. It's like, yeah, Sure. For me, I'm going to manage the finances. Makes sense, right? I run my mouth on a podcast every week, you know, help run a passive income mastermind, have, you know, been the one who set up all these things personally for ourselves. And I was doing that. Yeah, that's, that's my thing, right? Like, and my wife wants no part of that. And I've just kind of like played along to that. And, I, and I'm challenged as we are going through this process to say, you know, man, how short-sighted am I in that process? that we have a passive income mastermind. We get together twice a year live. And in those meetings, we break down opportunities. We break down deals. We build relationships with each other, partnerships sometimes. And my wife has gone to one of those meetings, but she, it was just for the uh, vacation element, right? Like she never stepped foot in the actual the meeting itself. So she's not any wiser to the information going on. And I kind of thought, well, because she doesn't want to do that, that's the best way to do it. I'm going to handle this. But now I'm doing I'm doing her a disservice, right? Like, while she doesn't need to be in every single, you know, we meet twice a month virtually and twice a year or live, she doesn't need to be in all those meetings. But one of the two live meetings, I think she should participate in it. Now, I've got to find a way to make sure that that's fun, right? I need to make sure that she, she when she attends, that she's like, oh, that was super interesting. So I need to be able to build in elements to this that uh, is, um, you know, opening, you know, or uh, provides an opportunity for people who are not necessarily inclined to that to find value in it. But I definitely think that that's just a big thing for me. Or, you know, it could be like playing games like cash flow, right? I know we play Monopoly, but Monopoly is not really real life, but game cash flow from Kiyosaki, that keeps that mindset, allows someone to be sharp. Um, as it relates to some of these passive income strategies. I think that those are the things I'm challenged by on this. All right, let's lastly, let's finish this up. So we've talked about what's the one thing that we know that nobody else knows. And then secondly, what are the things that we can do to overcome that? But let's talk about maybe some tools, um, things that people can use, David. Yeah, so, you know, I'm not uh, necessarily the most uh, tech savvy guy in the group. 
happy. I still have like an iPhone six, you know, I'm just, and I'm very happy. So <laughs> you're up to 15 or 16 now. So, you know, I, I just think of what are some tangible ways? Yes. Uh, that, that, that we can, um, you know, build this out. You know, I, I I'm thinking of like, you know, something as simple as just a firebox, right? Having a, having a firebox in the house where I can put important documents, I can put important instructions, have them written out, you know, banks still have, uh, what do they call them? Security deposit boxes, right? Yeah. Safety deposit. Yeah. Safety deposit box, right? They give you a key, right? I mean, having something as simple as a key, I don't have to worry about a password at that point. I can just have a key and say, Hey, go down to the bank, open the box and let's go look at it. You know, once a month, once a quarter, let's go review, you know, again, kind of like I was saying earlier, let's show where the treasure is. But let's document that and then put it in a place where it's easy and accessible to get to. We don't have to remember a million different passwords. So that's that's something that I just thought of that really suits kind of my personality and, and the low tech in me. But, man, I, I thought of two movies when you were talking about that. I think one, Casino, when, you know, uh, Robert De Niro takes take Sharon Stone down to the uh, to, to show her where her box is. And then the second one is Brewster's Millions. Whenever you know Richard Pryor is watching the video from his uncle, it's like maybe she create her a video. And when she goes down to the lock box, the video's in there. How about that, Mark? What's a what's a tool, a piece of software, or something, a technology hack that someone could use to to help them uh, better understand where all this stuff is? Originally, I thought it was just giving her the password to my computer, but then I realized that's another password she has to remember. And so I thought, well, why don't I just, I, I have an online, you know, vault box. I'm like, why don't I just install that on her computer? And that way she already knows how to get into her computer and then she can get into that vault box. And that way everything is there because the, you know, the other fun fact too, is when you open up your computer, depending on who you are, you probably have a bazillion tiles on your homepage when you open it up and everyone's going to organize it just a little bit differently. So if I can get it into her computer, her computer's already organized how she wants it, and then she knows exactly where she needs to go. So to me, that's that, that's just an easy hack of putting it in a place that she already knows how to get into. You said vault box. Is there a specific technology there that you're using? So I use, and this is not an endorsement, but I use um, Microsoft's OneDrive. Okay. And so they have a, it's a OneDrive, and you have a password to get into that, right? But then there's also a vault box which adds a layer of encryption. Um, and so I've, I've looked into it. I've asked other people. I have a really close family friend who is a Microsoft guru. And so he helps write the code. And if he's willing to put his stuff in there, I figured it was a safe bet for me. Um, plus you can store all your photos. So for those of us that have uh, a bazillion photos or whatnot on their phone, it's another place rather than paying Apple to use their uh, cloud drive. It'll just automatically sync to that. And that thing is terabytes worth. And so we've got photos from, I have no idea how long ago. That's so good. Matthew, how about for you? What's a tool that, uh, that you use that you could share with somebody that they could be using to help them in this process? Well, I will say, uh, you know, when we first started our short-term rental, I did have the brilliant idea. I, I did have good intentions to share all the access to, uh, to Angie on the programs and the passwords. So I, I, I filled out a nice word document and I emailed it to her. And that was three years ago. 
So, <laughs> so uh, you know, assuming she still has that email, the passwords will have changed about 57 times by now. So obviously it is completely useless. Um, so I've kind of gone the route of, you know, what Mark was speaking to, especially for the stuff that changes regularly, like passwords and the digital, um, the digital warehouses. <clears throat> um, so, you know, I'll use something as simple as, you know, Dropbox or Google Docs, you know, just for updating, because like you could update it on the fly. Um, uh, you know, there's other programs like LastPass, uh, that helps you store, uh, passwords and everything. And I'm sure there's so many other programs out there that I'm not even aware of that maybe somebody in our, my community could even, in our community could even recommend. Um, but, uh, but I also love David's idea too, of having the low tech storage as well, especially for the things that don't change on the fly, you know, so you have all your key documents that just are not going to change but have that access too for some. And I think a combination of the two is really, really what's uh, important. And, and, I, and I still go back to, you know, if I involve her in the business, you know, she'll, she'll know where to go when she needs that information. And she might find a better place to store it than what we would have, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> she's, she's definitely smarter than I am. Stallion, how about you? Well, I'm going to go try to go more on the digital side, even though I'm, not necessarily gifted technologically. Um, Visor is a software that we've inter introduced here on the community on the on the uh, podcast. Visor V Y Z E R, and um, it's a place where you can put all of your different things that you're investing in, whether they are kind of the the easy things that are just you know naturally can go into a, an online system. Or if it's something that's not necessarily that simple, like they have a, a magic box. And this is something Sherrod and I were talking about recently. The magic box, you just upload, whether it's a lease or if it's a document, and it they use the AI from that to create the actual investment into your Visor account. And that to me is brilliant. It's something that I'm still learning. I've, I've got basic setup, but I would love to have that be more of a um, a place that I could then share uh, passwords and and things like that with my wife, so she knows exactly what's going on with those. Do that coupled with a document, I think that gives her the instruction manuals. I think that's a winner. Um, and I'm going to bring it down to this idea that um, you know, last year we were in Scottsdale at a, a passive income mastermind retreat, and at that retreat. It was, this is no lie. I had three different spouses who were attending for the first time come to me in the middle of the conversation with their spouse and say, you know, if something were to happen to him, it just happened to be the wives telling me this, I wouldn't know what in the world to do. And it was, it wasn't like we were talking about this subject. It was just in the natural conversation of being at an investing, you know, passive income event. And that to me told me, we're not alone in this. Everybody is trying to solve this. And so that's why I think this is so critical that we've, we've taken some time to break it down. And, you know, some of this stuff is really basic, but if you haven't implemented, it really doesn't matter if it's basic or hard. You just, you got to get after it. You got to create a solution of your own. I'm going to finish with this is a purpose of trust statement. When you're wanting to leave instructions behind, you you don't know the time frame and the environment in which someone's going to be reading those and things change, right? There's, I heard a stat the other day, whether it's true or, or not, that 
in 15 years, 50% of all the jobs that will exist don't exist today, right? So if we write down things in a document, the, the way that we're using that or the way we intended to use it could change dramatically over time. So we need to, to give instructions to those who are going to be receiving the financial treasures that we've, we've stored and built and give them some license to use those within a framework or a philosophy that we have without giving them limits, like just restricting them without understanding what the future holds. And what I was able to do, or my wife and I, is to build out a purpose of trust statement that laid out it specifically the way that we saw the world, the our our family's core values toward, you know, both investments, um, travel, uh, education, the key elements that people that would be consuming that money and the way that we would have them use it. And I think that that's a tool that many many people have not even thought about, haven't even considered. And maybe that's one of those things where you got to close your eyes and envision what you want so that you can open them and start taking steps to get there. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for, for breaking down this topic. Maybe not the most fun topic to talk about, but definitely a, an, imp an important topic that adds value. If you heard something on here that you're like, yep, I haven't done that yet, or yep, I need to be doing that, write down your list, take time, put it on your calendar. You have the... You have life is urgent. All of these things that we're thinking about and talking about, we know are important, but we don't think that they're urgent, but life is urgent. Take time to do it right now. And if you know someone that needs to be hearing this, share it with them as well. As always, have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.